When it comes to your education, there's no need to settle. Get the interactive and purposeful education that you and employers demand from Colorado State University Global Campus. You'll get personalized, career-driven learning created and taught by today's industry leaders. CSU Global was built to help students succeed with affordability, flexibility, and individualized support. It's time to expect better. Find your path to the career you want at csuglobal.edu, where online education isn't another thing we do. It's all we do. What are we going to do as a church? Our souls need to wake up. We need to respond to the gospel of Jesus. He said, go into the world. We don't want to deal with reality, Christian. We don't even want to deal with reality even though we've been saved from this place. I'm calling on you today in the name of Jesus to rise up to the call of God. Christ is coming back soon. If I start telling people about hell, I might just scare them off. Where are you going to scare them off to? Hell number two? People stop and think about it. If hell really exists, and it does, I didn't say that Jesus did, then don't you think people need to know about it? Can't you at least give them a fighting chance? Are you just going to sit there and let them burn? Amen. All right. Well, hey, how many guys have learned this one? Bobby, maybe you've learned this one, but uh, it seems like the longer you've been a Christian, uh, the longer you've been around what I call church world, okay? Have you noticed that uh, churches, we can do some pretty weird things? Have you noticed that? Uh, in fact, I noticed that some of the weird things that we do are actually on our church signs. Now, not ours. Ours is handled wonderfully. Give it up for Tom. Whew. It's called backstroke and ministry. But that's right. Not our sign. Uh, other churches' signs. And um, you tell me if we do some weird things with our signs. Okay, let's take a look at, at that. Uh, this, I'm not making this up. These are on actual churches around the United States. But this one said, hey, don't let worries kill you. Let the church help. Huh? That's a great message to the community. We do a much better job. You know, we'll take you right out. And speaking of which, this church actually said this. I'm not kidding you. It says, hey, we love hurting people. Come on in. Don't you want to join us? We just will smash you in the face or something. What? That's not, but sometimes churches try to get funny with their church signs. Have you noticed that? Like this one said this one. It's quaint. Our church is like fudge, sweet with a few nuts. <laughs> Kind of funny, kind of true, but we'll move on, won't we? Uh, but, you know, sometimes the, the humor, you know, it's kind, of, it's kind of out there. Like this one says, hey, does life stink? We have a pew for you. <laughs> Isn't that funny, Christian humor? Yeah, whatever. Uh, but then sometimes churches, they're a little bit, you know, you can tell there's a little bit of conflict going on by their signs. Like this one said this, hey, whoever stole our AC units, keep one. It's, gonna, it's hot where you're going. <laughs> Wow, can you imagine that? <laughs> I'm not making this up. Woo. That's right. With all due respect, stay away from that church. Now, speaking of down under and the flames and fire, sometimes churches go after their pastors in these subtle ways uh, with their church signs. For instance, one church actually said this. I can't believe it. Do you know what hell is? Come hear our preacher. <laughs> I don't know if that's their way of getting back at him or a cry, a plea to help from the community. Help us, help, 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 we're suffering. Uh, but that's not all they get even uh, deeper than that. One said this, hey, now's a good time to visit. Our pastor's on vacation. <laughs> well, no wonder the guy's all discouraged. Come on, gee, man, I tell you why. But sometimes, sometimes they get even worse than that. This one actually said this, hey, having trouble sleeping? Try one of our sermons. <laughs> no wonder he went on vacation. He's getting away from you guys. That's right. But you know, sometimes churches, they did resort to some really horrible means and what they do with their pastor. Like this one said this, hey, best sausage supper in St. Louis, come and eat Pastor Thomas Ressler. 
Just give him a severance package. Lay him off. Do something. Don't eat the guy. What are you talking about? But hey, I tell you what, the weirdest thing I've ever seen a church do with their son. This has got to be a sign of apostasy in that church. I'm not making this up. This church actually put this to their community on the church sign, and it simply says this, God loves fried chicken. And obviously that apostasy is spread here at sunrise. <laughs> Can you believe, of all things, God loves fried chicken. Okay. Now, folks, that's not just weird. That last one was evil. Okay, that's obvious. Okay. Uh, but, uh, but the churches do weird things with signs, right? You know that? We Christians can do some funny things once in a while. But I tell you what, Jim, the, the, one of the weirdest things I've seen churches do with their signs has got to be this. Okay, it's like this. I mean, here you have the Bible. The Bible, the Word of God. And what's in here? This book is chock full of signs that Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back. But you don't advertise it. You don't talk about it, you don't teach on it, you don't preach on it, you actually not only keep your mouth shut about it, you discourage people from learning about that news. Isn't that weird? We're Christians, we're supposed to let people share with them the signs, it's getting close. Jesus is coming back. Why? Because the Bible's clear, folks, before Jesus comes back at his second coming, he comes at the end of the seven-year tribulation, which means before he comes back, what's the earth going to go through? The seven-year tribulation, okay? And the Bible's clear that is an outpouring of God's wrath on this wicked and rebellious planet. You don't want to be there. Jesus said, I didn't. Jesus said it's the worst time in the history of mankind, never to be repeated again, and that unless God shortened that time frame, the entire human race would be destroyed. Don't you think the people around us need to hear about that sign? Okay? And that's why we're going to continue our study. And that's right, the final uh, countdown update. Now, if you've been tracking with us, we've already seen, folks, that uh, with the first nine updates... On the final countdown study, and that was certainly the Jewish people, the Antichrist, modern technology, worldwide people, the rise of falsehood, the rise of wickedness, the rise of apostasy, the rise of a one-world religion. And the last five times, who's counting, Bobby? Bobby is saying, give it for Bobby, that's right, is the rise of a one-world government. And what we saw, that God gave us a sign. And here's a sign. You don't know the exact day nor the hour, but it's getting close. When you see all the world's governments coming together as one, which is happening right now today, Jesus Christ is getting ready to come back, okay? At the end of the seven-year tribulation, he's going to come in the sky and get his church at the rapture, which you don't want to miss. You can escape the seven-year tribulation. And we saw that with the quotational proof, the coercive proof, the union proof, the control proof, and the last two times with the monitor proof, where we saw how the Antichrist is going to monitor our whole planet, yes, he is, and control everything that people do with a big brother surveillance society. Why? Because the Bible says he's going to make, he's going to order, he's going to force, he's going to cause people to do whatever he's going to do. It's on a global basis. How are you going to do that? Well, you got to have a big brother system in place to pull that off. And we saw it's already being implemented. Listen, not 50 years down the road, not 10 years from now, it's already here and it's already being implemented. And we saw that with our information system, the satellite system, the transportation system, these cameras going up uh, everywhere. And last time with our communication system, starting with our cell phones. Turn to somebody and encourage them one more time. How about those cell phones? Aren't those things exciting? As we saw, if you were here last week, there's a multitude of ways that we can be tracked with these cell phones. Our friends, our family, the government behind our back, including the police. And they're listening to our conversation, watching our every move, seeing what we're doing. They even have the ability to peer out of our phones and see who we're with, what we're doing, the whole nine yards. It's not make-believe. It's not science fiction. It's not coming. It's already here and already being done. So the point we saw is all it's going to take is for one guy to hijack the whole system and he can monitor the planet for the first time in mankind's history that's how close we're getting 
We do not know the day nor the hour. But folks, it is getting close. But that's not all. The fourth way the Antichrist is developing a global monitoring system is with what I call our location system. And as you can see with the graphic there, that would imply our homes, our house, our apartment, wherever you live, your pad, whatever you want to call it, that which we thought was our private domain is not private anymore. The home invasion has begun. In fact, what's very interesting, if you take a look at the words of Jesus, he said in the seven-year tribulation, if you made the horrible mistake of rejecting him today and being thrust into the seven-year tribulation, which I do not recommend, nor does he. And if you find yourself in the seven-year tribulation, he specifically says, whatever you do, don't go back to your house. I wonder why. Well, we'll see that today, but let's go ahead and remind ourselves of those words from Jesus. Open your Bibles to Matthew 24. Matthew 24. And we're going to read uh, verses 15 through 22 again. And uh, we were here a little bit back, and we saw the context here is the halfway point of the seven-year tribulation. Okay, And again, so he's talking about the Jewish elect. He's talking about those people uh, who get saved after the seven-year tribulation. Again, you should get saved now. Avoid the whole thing. But uh, that's who he's talking about here. And this is the midway point. Okay, And uh, here's what's going to happen. And here's what Jesus says, not just what you should do, he's going to tell us what you should not do. And believe it or not, it has everything to do with your house, with your home. And I think a little bit more than that. But let's go ahead and let's take a look at what Jesus says there. Matthew 24, uh, starting at verse 15, says this. So when you see standing Jesus speaking in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation, spoken through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Then those who are in Judea, what? Here's what you should do. Now again, He's talking to the people during the seven-year tribulation. Get saved now, avoid the whole thing. But those people who make that horrible mistake, what should you do? Run. Flee, run. Okay, thank you. Uh, flee to the mountains, okay? Let no one, now here's what you should not do. Let no one on the roof of his what? House, he calls it out. House, go down to take anything out of his what? House. In fact, let no one in the field go back to what? Get his cloak, why not? Because how dreadful it's going to be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. In fact, you better pray that your flight will not uh, take place in the winter or on the Sabbath. Why? For then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, Jesus speaking here, and never to be equaled again. In fact, if those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days, Jesus says, will be shortened. Now, we've been in this passage a couple different times before, and what we saw is this is the midway point. This is where the Antichrist shows his true colors, if you will. The Jewish people have been under a temporary blindness, as Paul even says today, Romans chapter 11, okay? And they think this guy is great. They strike a deal with him, Daniel 9, 27. That's what starts the seven-year tribulation. But at this point, the guy finally shows his true colors. How? He does the abomination of desolation that Jesus says, spoken of the prophet Daniel. He goes up into the rebuilt Jewish temple. He walks in there and says, now worship me. I am God. Okay. Now, obviously the Jewish people are going to reject this. Okay. Their eyes are open at this point, the Bible talks about, but it comes at an unfortunate price. Zechariah tells us at this time, two thirds of the Jewish people are going to be annihilated. And then we saw prior to that, there's another judgment in the seven year tribulation, the first half, one fourth of the earth is going to be annihilated. And then just after that, in the trumpet judgments we saw before, there's going to be another one third of the earth is going to be annihilated. So in just these three judgments alone, one half of the planet is going to be taken out. How many guys would say that's kind of a rough time? 
And that's just those three judgments. There's tons and tons and tons throughout a seven-year ongoing period, okay? God's wrath is going to be poured out. But Jesus says here, these people, again, avoid the whole thing, get saved now. But if you reject him and you're still alive, you're going to be thrust into this horrible time frame. He says at that time, your only option, those people, is you need to flee. And he not only tells us again what you should do, i.e. flee, run, 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 run to the hills. He says, whatever you do, don't make this mistake. Do not go back to your house. Now, it's an interesting word here. It's the Greek word okia, that's plural, oikos. Uh, singular, and it means, yes, house, but it literally means any inhabited edifice, inhabited edifice or dwelling. And so maybe in the context here, why Jesus says specifically your only option is to get out of town, right? Get out of the populace, flee to the mountains, is maybe because any oikos, oikia, is not going to be safe at this time. Certainly your house, but maybe also that would include your workplace. Don't go back to your job, if you will, and get your cloak. Don't go to your house. Don't get nothing. Just, man, run is your only option. Now, again, I say this to belabor the point. If you're here today and you're not born again, get saved now and avoid the whole thing. But if you make this horrible mistake and continue to reject Jesus Christ today, he says, whatever you do, don't go back to your house very well. Don't go back to your workplace. Don't do nothing. You better just run. Why? Because has it occurred to you? That big brother, the Antichrist, big eye in the sky, and down here below, that not even your home, your oikos, is going to be safe from his reach. And for those of you who think that this is just science fiction, because people say, well, I'm just going to go back to my house and hide out, right? <laughs> no. As we already saw before, folks, not only do they have radar guns right now that can peer through concrete walls and see if you're trying to hide behind there, so much for that, but they also have satellites with the same capabilities, and drones can do it as well. But see, they don't even need all that stuff externally. They've, they've conditioned us, just like we're the ones paying for those cell phones, aren't we? But see, there's another device that everybody just has to have, and we bring it into our home. And those devices are simply called computers, right? And if you think about that, that's all that a cell phone is, just a sophisticated, miniaturized computer. And, and it doesn't matter, folks, if you just use your computer in your house, your oikos, just for playing games. It doesn't matter. Believe it or not, just like we saw last week, if you were here with a cell phone, this is one of the biggest bugging, tracking, watching, listening, monitoring devices ever invented by man. And since we bring it into our home, and it stays typically in our home, guess who gets to see us in our home and hear us in our home? And believe it or not, it's already being done. The first way we're being monitored in our homes right now via those computers that we all just have to have, right? Okay, is with what's called data tracking. Now pay attention for those of you who do any kind of searches on the internet. I've said this before, but you're gonna see even more proof today. As weird as this sounds, as scary as this sounds, if you're doing things you probably shouldn't do, listen to this. Every search you perform online, I'll say it again, Every search you perform online, including Google, other ones do it too, goes into a giant database which is used to create a profile on all our habits and all our interests. Search engines track what links you click on during your search and then use that information to instantly provide us with targeted ads. Have you guys noticed that? It's proof that we are being monitored live as we type stuff in. You can search for something like, hey, I wonder what they're doing over in Hawaii right? Next thing you know, as you're just off on something else, off on the right side, down below on the sides, above where they have the ads, what are popping up on the side? 
Hey, airline tickets to Hawaii. How about a rental car to Hawaii? Have you checked out this hotel for, is it, wait, wait a second. How did you know I was even thinking about Hawaii? Because it's being monitored. Everything is being monitored. Listen, not just stored for later retrieval. With that common example, it's happening live right now as we do it. That's how far this has progressed. Now, they do it in a couple different ways, and one of the biggest ways is they do it with these things called cookies. And no, I'm not talking about yours, Jeanette. Yours are awesome. And they're healthy and good for you and make you smile. These don't make you smile. Okay, these actually watch you, monitor you, uh, and do all kinds of things. You say, well, why do they install these cookies? Because they're on the back end of websites, your computers, they put them inside your computer. It, it tracks everything you do. It's data loggers, everything, your passwords. They see it. They see what you type, they, everything. And the reason why is because it's a goldmine for companies who then take all this information that they're learning off of us on what we do on our computers. They sell it to companies who then provide targeted ads to us. But in order to get that, wait a second, that means they know everything about us and what we're doing. Even the news is reporting on it. Let's take a look. So if someone is surfing online, if you or I are just surfing around looking up some stuff, do we have any idea, any warning that we're being tracked? Not right now. Trackers are companies you've never heard of, actually, most of them. I mean, they're small companies whose business it is to put little tiny things of software on websites and... Those send back information about you, and they compile a profile. And it's not your name usually, but it's everything about you, and there's a unique ID number associated with you. We did find that the biggest trackers were Google and Microsoft, companies you've heard of. The third largest, though, was Quantcast, which most people have not heard of. But what, what more can they find out about us online? I mean, can they tell exactly what, what movies I like or what I like to eat or what, what products I use? Right. Well, we were surprised at our findings because we did actually find um, our lead example was a woman who the, the tracker on her computer actually knew every one of her favorite movies. We, um, we, were, we wrote about a girl who was 17 years old and worried about her weight, and the tracker on her computer also knew that. Um, we talked to a woman who was worried about whether she might have some sort of um, uterine disorder and that she also was being targeted with ads. Well... So much, Tom, for being anonymous. You just thought it was you and your own little thing, you and your computer just sitting there typing this stuff in. Everything is being cataloged. Now, what you need to know, it's not just companies that are doing this because they profit big time, right? Because it's not just advertising, hoping you do it. It's targeted, and they know what you like, and it increases their odds of you making a purchase. So they're doing this for money, but they're also doing it with the government. Please turn to somebody and say, shocker. Okay. <laughs> the government is getting caught with doing this. Once again, the NSA is in on action, and they're not just relying on this kind of stuff. They're getting even more invasive than that. They are actually, and they've just got caught, planting bugs. Listen to this. Planting bugs in our computer, but this gives them the ability to even know what we're doing with our computer, on our computer. Listen to this. Even when it's not online. Watch this. The National Security Agency has reportedly installed software and computers around the world that lets the United States government monitor those machines even if the computers are not connected to the Internet. They can get to you whether you're online or not. That's according to the reporting of the New York Times citing NSA documents, computer experts, and U.S. officials. According to those sources, the secret technology could also let the NSA launch a cyber attack 
Nothing is surprising anymore. Nothing. No, no, it's not. Well, what's a little different about this is there's no flat denial by the NSA. It's yeah. basically saying to us, don't worry about it. We only use this for going after the bad guys. But again, if you were here last week, that's the rationale, right? What if you became the bad guy? What if just simply something as simple as being a Christian was determined as being a bad guy? And if you don't think it's coming, folks, you better pay attention to the hate crime laws we saw before. Because you and I disagree with certain moral behavior, homosexuality, name one, that's being considered a hate crime, right? And so if you believe that, you're a detriment to society, and you're a bad guy. It's all coming, folks, okay? But again, notice he says they're not even denying it anymore, right? They're not even denying it, okay? And you might be thinking, well, how in the world are they able to get to your computer uh, when you're not even on the internet? You're thinking, oh, I should be safe, right? No. Now, one of the ways they're doing it is through wireless technology huh have you noticed that everything's going wireless remember back in the days when you you got your first computer there and it cost nine thousand three hundred twenty two dollars and could hardly even play solitaire but it was fun i remember that one the apple way back in the day it was you know, had to drag it around in the cart wherever you went right but remember back in the days with the computers uh you had to plug into the internet right? You, you, your peripherals, your printer, your, your mouse, all these things had a cable that had to plug in and do all that stuff. But not anymore. Everything is gone wireless, okay? Why? Because, and I quote, the wireless breakthrough could make the, quote, invisible visible. This is one of the ways they're able to access your computer is through the wireless signal, okay, uh, in your home. Quote, hackers can steal data from PCs wirelessly that aren't even online. So if hackers are already doing that, how do you think the NSA and other people are doing it as well? This is just one way, okay? Researchers from the MIT Wireless Center and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory, there's that AI thing again, okay, uh, have developed a wireless system that can not only access your computer, even if it's not, quote, online because of wireless. Listen, they've also developed the ability, because of wireless technology, it's all out in the air, to, quote, track movement of people through a wall with wireless abilities. And they can also detect subtle gestures like the rise and fall of a person's chest, through which a person's, uh, also their heart rate, can also be measured with a 99% uh, accuracy. And this technology can be used for the military and law enforcement, listen, and can track the movements of humans, quote, staying behind closed rooms or hiding behind a wall. You know, like during the seven-year tribulation, you didn't listen to Jesus, you should have got saved before, avoided the whole thing, but now you're there, somehow you're still alive at the halfway point, and he said, flee to the hills. He says, no, I'm going back to my house. They'll see you. They'll see everybody wherever you're at. And one of the ways is through wireless. And scientists are now working on a higher resolution system which can detect body silhouettes, gestures, and even emotions because of this wireless technology. Now, you start to think, well, wait a second. That goes everywhere, right? Because the trend is what? Not just our homes go wireless. Everything's going wireless. Have you noticed that? Go down to the coffee shop. What do they offer? Wireless. Go to this restaurant. What do they offer? Wireless. Everything is going wireless, okay? Cafes, shops, stores, you name it. It's wireless. Come on in. Stay well. Spend some cash. But everything's going wireless. In fact, whether you realize it or not, uh, Jordan and I talked about this. He was from Canada, and it's here in the U.S. too, not just Canada. But now the latest trend is whole towns are going wireless. Whole, they're called Wi-Fi town. Check it out. Wi-Fi towns, they're providing everybody's got to be wireless. Everybody in the whole town. Is, don't we love you, community? 
Everybody can go wireless, right? Every, it's called Wi-Fi mesh as well. That, they blanket the whole community. So now everyone can be hacked. Everyone can be seen through any oikos, home, building, workplace, coffee shop, who's trying to hide no matter where you're at. You starting to get an idea? I think it's a loaded term, me personally. Why Jesus said of all places, don't even think of going back to your house. Your private domain is not private anymore. They will find you. But it gets worse than that. Uh, it's not just seeing if you're hiding in there. They're actually going to be seeing you in there. And that's because the second way we're being monitored in our house is with webcams. That's right. Who's watching who? Now, as we saw before, this is not just coming. This is already going on. Okay? We saw it's such a common thing that they have a term for it. We saw before. It's called ratters. And ratters are able to type into, uh, uh, tap into anybody's webcam anywhere around the world, and they, use, and they spy on people, right? That's the term, ratters. They, they post them on YouTube. You can check it out. We saw that before. I don't want to belabor that, okay? But my point is, uh, oh, by the way, when you buy a computer, a laptop, wh what do they have? And you didn't even order it. Webcams are built into them. Interesting. Some of the smart TVs, all that stuff, we saw that before, okay? Uh, but another range that everybody just has to have is not just these webcams that can be hacked and monitored and watched, is baby cams, right? You young up-and-coming parents, you guys going to get a baby cam? No pressure. I don't even know if that... Well, let's just move on. Uh, uh, baby cams, right? Moms and dads, don't you want to use this technology to keep track of little Johnny and Susie and make sure that they're safe from afar? Well, the problem is, folks, not only could you as a parent, yeah, watch your child from afar with a webcam, a baby cam, but so can other people, and it's already happening. Watch this. This is creepy. Here's a look at what we're talking about here. These IP cameras, just like this one, many parents use them in their child's nursery to help keep an eye on them, and you can control them so easily from your phone, your iPad, your laptop, but imagine waking up in the middle of the night to find someone has been using your baby monitor to watch your child and your home. Sound asleep about midnight. All of a sudden I heard, it sounded like a man's voice, but you know, I was so asleep I wasn't sure. Disoriented and confused, Heather Shrek picked up her cell phone to check the camera in her 10-month-old daughter Emma's room. She could see the camera moving, which didn't make sense because she wasn't moving it. About the time I saw it moving, I also heard a voice again start screaming at my daughter. He was screaming, um, wake up, baby, wake up, baby, and then just a long, ah, screaming at her, I guess trying to wake her up. That's when Heather's husband, Adam, ran into Emma's room and describes how the camera then turned from his petrified daughter to point directly at him. And then it screamed at me. What did it say? Uh, just some bad things. Yeah, some obscenities. I'd... All right, for those of you who are the eternal optimist, I guess one positive side effect is that's the ultimate excuse as to why your child is using that language. It wasn't me, Bill. Somebody hacked into my baby cam, and he was taught her that word, and it didn't. Okay, in all seriousness, is that creepy or what? Okay, and that's going on, folks. That's how it, uh, invasive uh, it really is. Okay, but see, there's another trend that's going on. There's cameras going everywhere, all right? These webcams, baby cams, but they're also good for other oikos. That's your business. Right? Businesses got to have these, right? You keep track of your employees, see what they're doing, or for theft issues. But see, the problem is, folks, just like with the baby cams, 
they too can be hacked. In fact, they're so easily hacked on a global basis, by the way, I kid you not, a guy from Russia, of all places, demonstrated how easy it is to hack into these webcams. I don't care what traffic cams, baby cams, uh, computer, uh, laptop cams, uh, business cams, you name it, security cams, everywhere. He actually put up a website recently and had tens of thousands, listen, tens of thousands of live feed of webcams all over the world and posted it online for everybody to see just how vulnerable this whole system is. Let's take a look at that. A Russian-backed website is peering into homes around the world this morning. Many are here right in the United States. Anyone can log on to see the live feeds from your bedroom to security systems, all with a map straight to your front door. Charlie Daggett is in London, where the government is demanding that Russia take this site down. Charlie, good morning. Good morning. The website has actually been up and running for months, peering into offices and people's bedrooms for all the world to see. It claims it's doing it for their own good, shining a light on the problem of weak security. They have eyes on everywhere. So-called private webcams a couple clicks away from anyone with an Internet connection. Businesses like this shop in Amarillo, a laundromat in Salt Lake City, a university like this one in Iowa private homes right down to baby monitors. These are children's bedrooms in the United States this morning. I wonder what else this morning you're watching and we have no clue about. Interesting. So much for personal privacy. Looks to me like you can use that computer with this extension here, this peripheral, and the, or if it's already built in. They're not just going to be able to see you if you're hiding behind a wall. They're going to watch you inside the wall with all these cameras, okay? No wonder Jesus says, don't go back to your house. No place to hide, not in this system. Again, get saved today and avoid the whole thing. The third way, it isn't just watching, they're listening. The third way that we're being monitored in our homes with our computers is with built-in microphones, huh? Huh? Once again, a computer is just a bigger version of a cell phone and vice versa, right? And cell phones, we all know, have a microphone built into them. Well, so does your computer, okay? And you may not see it, but it's there, okay? And these microphones not only allow others to listen on you, but once again, even on the internet. And one of the biggest culprits of this, and they're not the only one, is Google. And with their web browser called Chrome, uh, it has this nifty function. Right when you go to the front page of Google to start your search, if you use that, if you notice right there on the search, right there on the right-hand side is a microphone. The problem is, even when you tell it not to record what you're saying, it still records what you're saying, and even gives you a nifty, and other people, a word-for-word typewritten report. Watch this. Just go to google.com, and right there in the middle of Google's most sacred real estate is the speech button. Let me show you how a malicious site can listen in on anything that is said next to your computer even after you've left that site. Here I am, visiting a site that uses speech recognition for completely legitimate reasons. It is a voice-activated to-do app. Let's give it a go. So Chrome's asked for my permission to access my microphone, and since I know this will only be used for this app, I allow it. Here you can see that Chrome shows a clear indication that it is listening to my voice. To-do. Shop for groceries. To do, prepare demo video. 
cool, it works. Now let's try another command. Turn off mic. As you can see, it's stopped listening. And since I'm done with this site, I can close it and get on with my day, visit other sites, or even turn away from my computer completely to have a phone call. But as I'm about to show you, the malicious site you visited can continue listening in on you long after you've left it. As long as Chrome is still running, nothing said next to your computer is private. As you can clearly see here, I am now on a different site. I've closed the site I've authorised to listen to me and there is no indication that what I am saying is being recorded. And yet, Google Chrome is listening. In this hidden pop under window, everything I said was captured, sent back to Google analysed and then sent back to the malicious site where it could have been saved or sent on to any other server in the world. Wow, that's exciting. What you said is, I mean, first of all, I don't know about you guys, but especially if you, anybody does the one finger typing, but you're pretty fast at it now? I mean, typing can really get on your nerves. So, I mean, if you were working for, you know, the NSA or you're working for Big Brother or the Antichrist at this time and and, you know, you had to give a written report of what that person said inside their house. <laughs> this is great. It automatically does it for you. Word for word, exactly what they were saying. And notice that it was, you know, word for it and put in a database. And so, therefore, you could not only see if somebody's in their house, you could see what they're saying inside their house, you know. Is that just, you know, some average Joe? Uh, or is that a Christian who's trying to hide from me? Hey, Bob, where's the Bible? Gotcha. No, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. It's all typed out. See, you didn't realize it, but your computer was listening to your every word. Google's not the only one, if you think they are. Uh, remember last week, Swampland? Still got a couple parcels left. See me after the service. Okay. Uh, Lord willing. Uh, Facebook. Listen to this. Facebook recently rolled out a new feature that's leaving some of its users, quote, speechless. <gasps> The social network's new app allows them to turn on your smartphone's microphone, listen in on what's around you, and identify what you're listening to, the music, TV shows, etc. Well, that's just a cell phone. I'm sure they wouldn't do that with your computer. Once again, Swampland, after the service, we'll talk about that later. Wow. So they can see you if you're trying to hide. They could watch you from inside. They could listen to you. What's next? Well, speaking of a typewritten report, anything that you type is not safe because the fourth way is with our emails. Now, we saw this before, folks, in the past, and this is easy to demonstrate. One of the projects that was used in the past uh, is with Project Echelon, right? That's been out there for years. That's common knowledge. Even the History Channel reports on that, okay? So it's not some conspiracy theory. But as we saw before, Project Echelon monitors uh, 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 emails, phone calls, data, all that, uh, faxes, all that stuff, but emails was one of them. And what they do is they look for buzzwords, code words, under the rationale of trying to find the bad guy. And so they're monitoring all the emails and everything else, and if they see the word terrorist or bomb, you know, it gets flagged, it goes to report onto somebody's desk. That's not make-believe, that's been being done for years. But you don't have to work at the NSA. You don't have to be a part of Project Echelon to do this. So it is. Guess who's involved in this? Rhymes with Google. Hey, that's right, Mary. It's Google. Man, you're awesome. Get up for Mary. Man, she's paying attention. That's great. Uh, and, and for proof of that, uh, I want to show you just one example. Uh, they actually turned in a guy to the authorities based on what they saw he typed in his Google email account. 
Let's take a look at that. John Skillern was convicted of sexually assaulting a child 20 years ago. Now police say technology unthinkable back then caught this sex offender preying on kids again. They got a tip from Google, basically Gmail. Detective David Nettles is with the Houston Metro Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. He says Skillern used his Google account to email a friend three explicit pictures of a young girl. The company's software detected the pictures and they turned him in. He was trying to get around getting caught, was just keeping it inside of his email, I would never be able to find that. Google wouldn't respond to our questions about their technology to fight child porn. I really don't know how they do their um, job, but I'm just glad they do it. Now, before I go any further, don't misunderstand me. I'm not at all condoning what that guy did. Being involved with child pornography and things of that nature, I do believe the guy needs to be prosecuted for that, so let's set that clear. That's not the point, though. Okay? The point is just what in the world is Google's job? as he saw. They turned him in to the authorities based on what they saw in his email account that he thought was his own private information. And again, I disagree with what he did, and I think he does need to be prosecuted for it. That's not the point. What if they determined that being a Christian was a crime? Quoting the Bible was a crime. And you tried to share any of that in your email, they're going to turn you into the authority? And don't think, folks, that it's not coming. But it gets even more invasive than that, Bill. No wonder Jesus says, don't go back to your house. Again, get saved and avoid the whole thing. But the fifth way we're being monitored in our homes with our computers is automated home system. Huh? I mean, who in here as a guy does not love that thing called the remote control? Huh? That was almost as exciting as getting married, right? Yeah, you know it's true, but you're chicken to say. And I need to ride home after service. But anyway, that's right. Uh, but, wow, what an invention. When that thing came along, remember that? And you, young whippersnappers have no idea what I'm talking about. Remember you actually had to get up off the couch and you had to go with that thing, right? And it about made that noise too, right? All right. But uh, man, these remote controls, you don't have to get off the couch. You just sit there, change the channels. Woo, so convenient. It does all the rest, controls it. But hey, pay attention, you couch potatoes. That's right. Now they've got the technology. You cannot just remote control your TV. Now you can remote control your whole house. And I mean your whole house. Okay, I'm talking thermostats, appliances, washer and dryers, you name it, smoke detectors, even your lights. And guess who's really promoting that? Rhymes again with Google. That's right, Jim. Give it up for Jim. That's right, Google. Google just spent, I kid you not, 3.2 billion, not million, 3.2 billion for one company. And that company is called Nest, right? Like your home is a Nest, right? And that thing that Google now owns will watch everything going on in your house. But it's all for you and your convenience. Let's take a look at that. All around the world, the home is the center of people's lives. It's where you start your day and end your day. It's where you raise a family and make memories with the people you love. So wouldn't it be cool if our homes could be more aware? If our homes could learn from us and help take care of us? At Nest, we do just that. It all started with the Nest Learning Thermostat. Then. Can Nest protect. But for us, that was just the beginning. That means those days that you might wake up a little bit earlier, before you even get out of bed, we can let Nest know that, so it can then adjust the temperature in the room to start to be for my daytime. 
As you get into your car and drive home, the car will, in the background, send the estimated time of arrival to your Nest thermostat. So your home can be at the right temperature as you arrive at home. Why would we ever bring the thermostat and washer together? That's a good question. If you look at it from a perspective of energy consumption, it's an easy one. These are the big energy consumptions at the home, and they're also the ones which require a lot of day-to-day -day interaction with consumer. If you have already the thermostat communicating to the utility company, it's much easier if there's one signal going to the nest, and that is disseminated through the household to all appliances to basically reduce consumption now because we're at the peak. LifeX is a LED light bulb that you control with your smartphone. When we first heard about the Nest Developer Program, we were really excited to be a part of it. With Nest Protect and LifeX, when the smoke alarm event is triggered, we can pulse your lights red, which can help you see in the dark, as well as give extra notification that there's a problem in the house, which is especially good if you're hearing impaired. Nest brings this whole other dimension to LifeX. Who would have thought by combining Nest products and LifeX products, we could help save lives? Save lives? Or monitor law. Google owns that. Pay big cash for that. I don't know about you, but do you really want Big Brother? Do you really want Google now controlling all of your house? I mean, if you resist, we'll just turn off your heater. Turn off your light. Google is controlling. You're already monitoring behind my back my computer, my emails, websites. You're listening to me. Do I really want Google controlling my home? I don't think so. Oh, speaking of lights, did you notice that the lights, they could flash different lights, you know, because LED lights. Lots of neat things you could do with LED, LED lights. And if you notice, just like with wireless, everybody's not only got to go wireless, but everybody's got to save the planet and be a good environmentalist and go green. And we have to get rid of all those old light bulbs and replace them with the much more energy efficient LED lights. Have you noticed that push? Well, one thing that they're not telling you folks is um, those lights can do a whole lot more than just emit light. Those lights can watch you wherever you go. No wonder they're wanting us to switch them out. Let's take a look at that. Should you find yourself in Terminal B at Newark Airport, look up. Those aren't just new lights, they're smart lights. A sophisticated array of LED fixtures with built-in sensors and cameras connected over a wireless network. They monitor security, the flow of foot traffic. Hugh Martin is president of Sensity, the Silicon Valley company that developed the smart lights at Newark and this parking garage in San Jose. So these lights they sense that we're walking? Yeah, there's a motion sensor in each individual light. This is one of just a few places in the country where a smart light network has been installed. The Silicon Valley building uses it primarily for security. And here's how it works. There are 40 lampposts in this lot holding 83 LED lights connected to seven cameras in a seamless grid that is tracking and recording my every move. So we do use the license plate recognition and we also can detect people. Kevin Kirk is chief engineer for the Shorenstein company, which owns this building. The company plans to install smart lights at their properties across the country. Everything goes up into the cloud so we can access everything from anywhere. The future is limitless for this technology. 
The Smart Light Network has the ability to spot an unattended bag at an airport and alert security, show drivers to empty parking spaces, alert shoppers of sales as they walk past retailers. There's no end to the kind of information you could gather. Yep. And therein lies the problem. In the future, the smart network could track every place we go, everything we buy, everything we do all the time. It sounds rather Orwellian. There are about four billion outside lights in the world today. Imagine all these lights connected in one global network. Yeah. Yeah. And then imagine that AI system that we saw before taps into the whole thing, controls it. Then the Antichrist comes along, he hijacks the whole thing, and he'll have the ability for the first time in mankind's history to watch everything on the planet. This is not coming. It's already being put into place. I wonder why Jesus says, run to the hills. You starting to think it's a loaded term there as well? Okay. But that's not all. You keep this up. I mean, all that's left is some big, freaky, big brother AI voice system that speaks inside your home and tells you what's going on and what you need to do and all that stuff. Well, that's right, Tom. Amazon just came out with that. There's other people, but Amazon calls it Echo. How'd you like to have this in your house as well? Amazon has created the Star Trek computer for your home. There's a new female computer voice you can talk to now, and her name is Alexa. Well, the device itself is actually called Amazon Echo. Amazon created a speaker you can put anywhere in your home. It's connected to the internet and responds to your family's voice commands. But before any question or command, you have to first say Alexa. The concept is just like what you can do with Android by saying, OK, Google, before a command. But the Amazon Echo does much more than a phone. You could ask her for the news, and she'll play the latest from NPR, ESPN, or your local radio station. You can set alarms, timers, even ask her to add items to your shopping list. Alexa, add wrapping paper to the shopping list. I've put wrapping paper on your shopping list. Alexa, how many teaspoons are in a tablespoon? One tablespoon equals three teaspoons. Um, at the top near the light ring, you'll find seven microphones with technology that can hear you from any direction and while music is playing. Which means if you're trying to hide out in secret and Jim says, turn up the tunes so they can't hear what we're saying, they can still do it. So, I don't know, um, put all this together, the Antichrist taps into this whole system, everything we've seen over the last several weeks. The whole planet's tied together with these lights and cell phones and cameras and microphones and computers and you name it. Everything's all automated for us. And then instead of maybe saying, okay, Google, or okay, Alexa, to do anything, maybe that's what we'll have to do in the future. Okay, Antichrist, can I use my heater now? Okay, Antichrist, can I buy and sell? It's not that far-fetched, is it? But that's right, one last thing, and we'll close. Uh, for those of you who say, well, you know what, Pastor Billy, I'm checking out the system. I'm not going green. I'm going out of here. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to unplug from the grid, right? I'm the ultimate survivor. I don't need electricity, none of that stuff. They can't get me then, right? Well, pretty soon that might become a crime. You have to stay plugged in to the grid. Watch this. A Cape Coral woman says she's living off the grid. She doesn't use city power or water, but now she's being ordered to plug in or face the consequences. We first featured Robin Speronis in November. She showed us how she lives day to day with no running water or electricity. A code enforcement officer came, knocked on the door, then post 
a placard that says uninhabitable property, do not enter. A Cape Coral Code Enforcement Officer posting this notice to vacate. No hearing, no nothing. Putting a woman who lives by herself, who's a widow, out on the street without any notice. But you don't get it, lady. This is all for your good. This is for your convenience. This is for your safety. And besides, if you unplugged from the grid, then we couldn't monitor you. Folks, this is not make-believe. I've said this every week. This is not coming 50 years from now. This is not coming five years from now. It's already here, and it's already being put into place. For the first time in mankind's history, we have the ability right now for one man to literally control, monitor, watch, listen, track anyone, anywhere, virtually in the world, whether you're out in the public or the place where Jesus says don't go to, even in your home. There's only one way out of this mess, and that's through Jesus Christ. And that's why we see every single time, folks, this is the message we need to get out there. Luke 21, 28, Jesus said also, when these things begin to take place, and they're taking place now, what do you do? Stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Jesus Christ is coming back to get us his church at the rapture. Anybody excited about that? Okay, but let's not get there empty-handed. Let's let people know that there is no way you're going to survive this thing on your own. You need to escape the whole thing and get saved today through Jesus Christ. And again, one last time, if you're here today and you're not saved, you can scoff and mock all you want, but as soon as you see the church disappear, your worst nightmare just began. And you thought this was bad? This is child's play compared to what's coming. Get saved today. Amen? We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. It is a big idea, a new world order, a world in which there is the very real prospect of a new world order. After 1989, President Bush kept said, and it's a phrase that I often use myself, that we needed a new world order. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. So that the problem of the Bush presidency will be the emergence of a new international order. Within the next four years, we will see the emergence of a new international the order. The beginning of a new international order. The pieces are in flux. Soon they will settle again. Before they do, let us reorder this world around us. I think its task will be to develop an overall strategy for America in this period when really a new world order can be created. It's a great opportunity. It isn't just a crisis. It's about the future of Europe and a new world order. There's a need for a new world order, but it has different characteristics in different parts of the, of the world. But today, with Asia already outproducing Europe, India and China are clearly becoming part of our new order. We are now facing a common challenge. And the challenge is how to build a world order 
for the first time in history on a global basis. So, in conclusion, ladies and gentlemen, a new world is emerging. It is a new world order with significantly different and radically new challenges. The affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order. Good evening, everybody. President Obama and British Prime Minister Gordon today calling for a new world order to tackle our global economic crisis. And the president outlined his vision of a new world order in which the U.S. would participate fully. We've got to give them a stake in creating the kind of uh, uh, world order that I think all of us would like to see. So I see a world order in the future with a multipolar uh, world order. I think the new world order is emerging and with it the foundations of a new and progressive era of international cooperation. But in a globalized economy, we are going to have to take global responsibilities and there going to, is going to have to be some semblance of global governance. Never before has a new world order had to be assembled from so many different perceptions or on so global a scale. Nor has any previous order had to combine the attributes of the historic balance of power system with global democratic opinion and the exploding technology of the contemporary period. And I strongly believe India will be a central actor in the new world order. There also exists an extraordinary opportunity to form for the first time in history a truly global society. 2009 is also the first year of global governance with the establishment of the G20 in the middle of the financial crisis. The climate conference in Copenhagen is another step towards the global management of our planet. New World Order is the headline in the Globe and Mail in Canada. Is this global governance at last? Is it one world, the central bankers in charge? But aren't we all just living and dying for what the central banks do? Of course we are. We are absolutely slaves to central banks. Vice President Joe Biden calls the newest graduates of the Air Force Academy strategic thinkers as well as warriors and the future of the new world order. It allows us to refocus our intelligence and military assets and resources to other parts of the world where they are needed, where we face new challenges. This is the world you are graduating into. This is what I want to talk about today with you for a few minutes. I believe we, and particularly you, your class, has an incredible window of opportunity to lead in shaping a new world order for the 21st century in a way consistent with American interest and the common interest. During an event honoring the 223rd anniversary of Poland's constitution last night, Defense Secretary Chuck Hagel said we are seeing a new 21st century world order being built. And although there are conflicts and complications, there's still hope. I think what's more hopeful, and maybe than any other time in the history of the world, is that we have more opportunities, have more possibilities, and more resources. We meet here at a moment of testing for Europe and the United States. 
and for the international order that we have worked for generations to build. I congratulate you on taking your place on the long gray line. But the world is changing with accelerating speed. This presents opportunity, but also new dangers. It will be your generation's task to respond to this new world. Over the last two years, journalists and activists have been fighting a specific provision in the annual National Defense Authorization Act, or NDAA, through a lawsuit called Hedges v. Obama. It's called Section 1021B, otherwise known as the Indefinite Detention Clause, which gives the U.S. military the right to indefinitely detain U.S. citizens anywhere in the world, including right here in America. This not only attacks your First Amendment rights, it attacks your Fifth Amendment rights, your Due Process Clause, because this gives not the U.S. government, but the U.S. military the right to detain you and uh, indefinitely with no due process. Now, when I was in America, um, I don't often say this, but I might as well say it here tonight. My driver, who has carried all the prophetic preachers across America before me, told me, he said, every time we get to a bridge, you watch. And we went through 38 states in two and a half weeks, and every bridge we got, went near, there were men working underneath it, putting in steel girders. He said, that is for the United Nations tanks that are going to come in and take over America shortly. Is everybody clear what I'm saying tonight? This goes on tape. The whole of America will be inundated with the United Nations troops. In fact, they're training now. Heavy artillery rocked downtown Tampa today as the military gunships and helicopters roared by the convention center. Now, this was all part of the annual Special Forces Operations Convention. While it wasn't a real invasion, Chris Trankman says it looked about as real as it could get. This was different. Uh, this was a first for me. <laughs> Usually no one sees what we do. The display featured Apache helicopters speeding overhead, while bigger Blackhawk choppers carried highly trained operatives as part of a make-believe invasion. In the distance, they must travel to the target. The spectacle rivals any show. Amen. All righty. But, uh, hey, by the way, again, give it up for Joey Florentino. Matt there. Wait till you see the floor. And... Uh, Funny, you know, churches, a lot of people do a lot of things behind the scenes, and we just, uh, we don't even realize it. But if you guys don't realize this, uh, one of the many unsung heroes in church ministry is the sound engineer. Give it up for Aaron and the crew back there. That's right. And, uh, and believe it or not, a good sound engineer goes through a lot and uh, does a whole lot more than you and I could ever imagine. I think we take it for granted. So this morning, I wanted to give you an idea of just what a good sound engineer goes through just to, to make things sound good. Okay, let me, let me give you this example. Let's take a look. It's dramatic. We're not going to make it. We'll never see the light again. But I will keep on going till the
Yeah. Give it up for Aaron back there. That's right, the crew. And uh, believe it or not, folks, that guy on the video, he's not the only one sweating bullets, getting hand cramps, okay? Uh, believe it or not, folks, we take this for granted. You see, if Aaron didn't do what she did back there, then I would sound like this. Hi, this is Pastor Billy of Sunrise Baptist Church. Don't you want to come back next week? And since we want you to come back, that's why Aaron does what she does. Give it up for Aaron, that's right. And, uh, but uh, in all seriousness, that video uh, with the sound engineer and what he's going through, it reminds me of something that's coming to this planet. And what's going to happen, unfortunately, is people's tunes are going to change, okay? And they're going to change just like that when Jesus Christ comes back. You see, on this side of the wall, prior to the rapture, isn't our world doing this? Aren't they singing a happy, merrily tune? Aren't they laughing at us, scoffing at us when we talk about Jesus? You need to get saved. You need to get saved now. Ha, 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 la, 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 right? But folks, after the rapture, on the other side of the wall, that tune is going to change into a horrific moan, uh, even worse than that lady. I didn't say that. The Bible did. They made the worst mistake ever. Let's take a look at two of those passages. Revelation 6, this is the first half of the seven-year tribulation. 16, verse 17, they call to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the what? The wrath of the lamb. Notice the exclamation point. They're screaming this out. For the great day of the wrath has come and who can stand? Jesus said, Luke 21, 26, men will faint from terror. Literally there in the Greek, they're going to die of heart attacks from fear, apprehensive of what? What is coming on the world for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. So much for the merry tune and laughing and scoffing and mocking, right? Folks, this is what's going on, okay? And the issue is that people need to realize that, folks, this is not a game, okay? This is really coming to our planet, okay? And they need to be prepared. The reason why, folks, you don't want to be singing some fake, uh, crazy, scoffing tune is because the Bible's clear. It is the worst time in the history of mankind. The seven-year tribulation is a horrible time. Jesus said it's the worst time in the history of mankind. God is going to pour out his wrath on this planet. Listen, not just one day, not just one month, not just one year, but year after year after year, seven years nonstop. It's not a happy tune. It's not a happy time. Therefore, uh, because God loves you and I, he gives us so many warning signs to let us know when it's getting close. How many guys would appreciate that? You know? So we're not caught off guard. So we know when it's getting close to seven-year tribulation and the rapture of the church, which happens prior. So we're going to continue uh, in our study. That's right. Uh, the final countdown update. Okay, And we've seen the first nine updates on the final countdown study so far. And that was the Jewish people, the Antichrist, modern technology, worldwide upheaval, the rise of falsehood, the rise of wickedness, the rise of apostasy, the rise of a one world religion. And that's right, Bobby, the last six times. Yes, I am. Thank you very much. Is the rise of a one world government. And what we saw clearly is God lovingly foretold you and I that when we see all the world's governments around the planet coming together as one, which is happening right now today, and we saw that with the uh, coercive proof, the quotational proof, the union proof, the control proof, and the last three times with the monitor proof. And there we saw that the big brother uh, society is coming. Why? Because the Bible says in Revelation 13, the Antichrist is going to make, force, order, and cause people to do all over the planet what he says to do or you're going to die. And so logically, how in the world is he going to do that? Well, he's got to develop some sort of a big brother surveillance society, and that's what's being done today. And we saw it's being done with our information system, our satellite system, our transportation system, the cameras going up everywhere, communication. How about those cell phones? But it wasn't just cell phones we saw last time. Uh, it's with our location system, i.e. our home with our computers. Okay, how about those computers? And we saw that those computers that we bring into our homes are being used to monitor you and I with data tracking, webcams, microphones, emails, and those home automation systems. Huh? Isn't that exciting? 
Now they can watch you anywhere in the public, but even in your own home. They'll know exactly who the uh, Christians are. They'll know everything about you. There's no place to hide. And that's exactly what the Antichrist needs. He's got all bases covered, okay? But that's in all the tenth sign on the final countdown update, letting us know we're living in the last days, is the rise of a one-world what? Economy. That's right, Bobby. Economy. Two for two today. Uh, that's right. See, folks, the Bible's clear. One day, listen, the planet is not only going to be under the authority of the Antichrist. That's what we saw in the last six studies, okay? A one-world government. But the Bible also is serious, folks, that the Antichrist is going to control the economy, Okay? We're going to be under the, a one-world economy. He's not just going to monitor you. He's not just going to politically control you. He is going to control all the money. And he who controls the money really controls you. Okay? But don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God's. Let's go back to our classic text, Revelation chapter 13. Uh, let's take a look there. Revelation 13. We're going to read verses 11 through 17. And uh, let's take a look at what's going on here. And, of course, the context here is the false prophet, once again, uh, the cohort of the Antichrist, and they're going to implement a horrible system. And as we're going to see, it doesn't just have to deal with government. It has to do with cash, okay? They're going to control everything on the world that has to deal with the economy, i.e. cash, okay? And uh, let's take a look at that passage. Revelation 13, verse 11, the beast coming out of the earth. And he says this, then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a what? A dragon. He's the false prophet. He too, like the Antichrist, again is inspired by Satan. He exercised all authority of the first beast, the Antichrist, on his behalf. And he made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. And he performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth in full view of men. And because of these signs, he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast. He deceived the inhabitants of the earth. And he ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast, the Antichrist, who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And then he was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be what? To be killed. Now, how many guys just stop right there? That's, that's not a good time. And this is on a planetary scale, but can continue on. Now he gets even more specific. He says, now he also did this. He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and sla uh, slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead. Why? So that no one could buy or sell unless he had the what? The mark, which is the name of the beast, the Antichrist, or the number of his name okay so we see here clearly the bible says there is coming a day folks when all the inhabitants of the earth are not just going to be under the authority of the antichrist okay they're going to be under his economy uh, as well his monetary system he's going to control all the cash because and he has to because logically what's it say there you at one point will not be able to specifically buy and sell and what do you need to buy and sell with you need money so he's going to have to be able to control this on a planetary scale. So the question for you and I is, could this really happen? Could this really, I mean, could our whole world really be deceived? I mean, this has been written down as a warning for us of what is to come for nearly 2,000 years. Could our world really be deceived in creating a one world global economy for this antichrist to hijack and take over one day? Yeah, in fact, folks, it's already taking place. Okay, and it's been taking place for quite some time. Okay, and the first proof we know we are headed for this one world economy is the machinery is already in place. 
Listen, this is the same thing we saw with Big Brother. This is the same thing we saw with the one world religion, the same thing with the one world government. Listen, what's changed now, folks, is listen, even just from a couple years ago, this is not coming. This is already here, okay? It's not coming. It's not five years. It's not 50 years down the road. It's already here, listen, and it's already being put into place. The machinery for a one world economy is already being put into place, okay? Most people don't realize that, listen, folks, our world is going to go unto a one world economy that the Antichrist is going to hijack and take over because the Bible says so and God doesn't get it wrong. So it's going to happen. But what most people don't realize is it's been in the planning stages for a long time. And they're just about there to pull the whole thing off, okay? And that's what our study's about. Right now, folks, as we sit here and we're concerned about other things, there is absolute plans for absolute total economic control of our whole planet for the first time in mankind's history. And they've got the machinery, the pieces needed for that already in place. For instance, there's already a universal bank on the planet, and it's called the World Bank. Shocker. Must be a guy thing, Ruth. What are we going to call this thing that governs the world? I know. How about the World Bank? Okay. But the World Bank, which is right now, and has been for years, folks, the leading lender of the world's money to nations around the planet. You go to the World Bank for that. That's been here for quite some time. But wait a second. uh, Put it all together. If you're going to have a universal bank, then you need to have some sort of universal lending institution to uh, oversee the dispersion of that money and the loans that people take out, right? Well, folks, what in the world do you think this uh, entity called the IMF or International Monetary Fund is? And that's been in function for quite some time. That's exactly what that thing is. They oversee the whole world's financial system, and they are the ones who exchange, uh, fix the exchange rates for the loans. It's being done on a global basis, okay? But wait a second. If you've got a universal lending institution, then you need to have some sort of a universal money exchanger to funnel all this money to all the different countries, right? Well, that's already been in place for a long time. There's a universal electronic banking system for the whole planet called SWIFT, is the acronym, which automatically makes sure that all the different money transactions around the world matches all the different currencies around the world. Well, wait a second. If you're going to have a universal money exchanger, then you need to have a universal strong arm to punish those who do not obey this world banking system, right? Well, folks, have you ever heard of the World Trade Organization? What in the world do you think its function is? And has been for years. Okay, the World Trade Organization right now not only sets all the trade rules for the whole planet and has been doing for quite some time, folks, but they even set and put out billion dollars, not millions, billion dollar fines for countries who do not obey what they say to do, including America, which means we're not calling the shots. And folks, there's more than that, but as you're getting an idea, the machinery's not coming, the machinery's already in place. All the pieces needed in the chessboard to create a one-world economy are already here, already functioning, not 50 years down the road. So all the machinery's already here. Now, for further proof that it's all being come together, it's almost like at the last stages and it's just a, a quick gathering, that's what's going on with all the treaties that you may or may not have heard in the news is all about. And these treaties tie in together all that machinery to create this global uh, economy, okay? And it's been going for quite some time, and it's escalating exponentially. Back in 1944, we saw the GATT Treaty, okay? How many of you guys name your last cat that? GATT. Boy, that rhymes, and that's hard to say. Uh, the GATT Treaty, 1944. That was the General Agreement on Trades and Tariffs. Now, that was put into place to begin the process to liberalize world trade, Okay? 50 years later, we have NAFTA. How how, did that work out for us? 
Yeah, not good, and we'll get to that in a second, okay? Uh, that was put into place, okay? Ten years after that, 2004, we had CAFTA, the uh, Central American Free Trade Agreement for Central American countries. The next year, they got the uh, FTAA, the Federal Trade Agreement of the Americas, which uh, ties in with the economies and the corporations of the whole Western Hemisphere, okay? So they're starting to get bigger and bigger chunks. And this isn't just happening in the Western Hemisphere. Listen, it's happening all over the world. There's another treaty out there called AFTA, the ASEAN Free Trade Agreement, APTA, the Asian Pacific Trade Agreement, SICA, the Central uh, American Integration System, SEFTA, the Central European Free Trade Agreement, and GAFTA, the Greater uh, Arab Free Trade Agreement, and on and on it goes, SAFTA, TAFTA, all kinds of them. Now, the latest one that's out there, and again, each one of these treaties ties in the economies of sections of the planet into this machinery, locks them in. The latest one that's going on, you thought NAFTA was bad. This is, this is it, folks. It's called TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. This treaty encompasses 12 nations in the Pacific area who all tie in there. You got Australia, Australia, Brunei, Canada, Chile, Japan, Malaysia, Mexico, New Zealand, Peru, Singapore, Vietnam, and of course, the United States. And all I got to say, folks, if this baby goes through, you think it's hard getting a job now? You ain't seen nothing yet. It's actually called NAFTA on steroids. Now, the problem is the current administration is not only working on this, which is going to completely undermine American sovereignty and give it over into the hands of these corporations. But it's being done in secret by our own president. Check this out. The Obama administration is preparing to sell America out to a handful of private corporations. Well, more than a handful, but... Anyhow, that's because right now President Obama is preparing to push through the largest trade deal in human history, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, or, if it's, or as it's more commonly known, the TPP. If approved, the TPP would create a whole new set of rules regulating the economies of 12 countries, the red countries seen here, on four different continents bordering the Pacific Ocean. These rules cover everything from pharmaceuticals to digital copyright law, and could permanently change the way everyday Americans and people all over the world interact with the global economy. It would unconstitutionally transfer legislative powers from the U.S. Congress, our state legislatures, our city and county governments, to multinational corporations and unaccountable international bureaucrats at the World Trade Organization, otherwise known as the WTO. Incredibly, it would also transfer judicial powers from our federal and state courts, which are already bad enough, to globalist TPP judges at regional tribunals and the WTO. Like the infamous NAFTA trade agreement passed in the 1990s, the TPP would usher in another wave of outsourcing as the remaining manufacturing and technology bases would be given incentives to move to the Pacific Rim countries, resulting in millions of more American job losses. You, you would think, as a result of this, that the Obama administration would want to keep the public as up-to-date as possible on such a big trade deal, right? Wrong. The United States has negotiated the TPP almost entirely in secret with the help of about 600 private corporations. No wonder then that the Obama administration doesn't even want Congress to take a closer look at the TPP. To push the U.S. into the proposed treaty as soon as possible, the president is trying to use a special legislative trick called fast-tracking that would prevent lawmakers from making any amendments to the TPP. If instituted, if you read, write, publish, think, listen, dance, sing, or invent, if you farm or consume food, if you're ill now or one, one day might be ill, 
the TPP has you in its crosshairs. Well, I mean, you keep that up, you itemize it to that level. What's next? You're going to control what I buy and sell? And it's all being interconnected. Now, folks, I don't know what all else you call this. I mean, to, to be working behind the scenes and trying to fast track this through our Congress, not even giving the ability to look at it, which is what they did with the health care bill. Remember that? Remember it was a Nancy Pelosi? Hey, we've got to pass it so we can find out what's in it. <laughs> it's the same thing. They're trying to ram this baby through. But excuse me, it not only would just destroy and take away once again more millions of jobs here in our own country, but what's it do? It bypasses Congress and it bypasses our courts. Can I tell you the old-fashioned term for this kind of behavior? It's called treason. It's called treason. But see, none of this makes sense. Why would these people do this? Because, folks, there's a bigger game going on here. The Bible told us in the last days, is as insane as this sounds, one day the whole planet is going to go into a global economy. And these treaties are tying it all together with machinery. Okay, as you can saw, there are multitudes of nations all being tied together. There's another treaty. You thought that one was bad? Pay attention. I'm going to give you a little uh, foresight here. Uh, there's another treaty out there that's being pushed called TISA, T-I-S-A. It's called the Trade and Services Agreement. This one goes beyond just 12 countries. This one covers 50 countries or 68.2% of world trade and services, which means uh, you only have left after that treaty 31.8% to go to reach your ultimate go goal of interconnecting 100% of the economies. In that swoop, that's how fast it's going. Folks, this is not a game, okay? The machinery to pull off a one-world economy is being put into place right now. And even the current administration is in on it. We're living in the last days. We got to get motivated. The second proof that we're headed for a one-world economy is not just the machineries in place, but uh, speaking of chunks, so are the unions, okay? The unions are already being put into place. Now, this is what we saw before in the one-world government section with the ten-horn kingdom of the Antichrist, okay? We saw that the Bible predicted that the planet was going to be split up into 10 specific chunks. Those chunks were going to give that power over to the Antichrist. Now, I bring it up again because it doesn't just uh, give us the idea that it's going to be a governmental split up of 10 chunks. It's going to be an economic union as well. So let's go back to that text in Revelation uh, 17, verse 12 through 13. says, The 10 horns you saw are 10 kings who have not yet received a kingdom but who for one hour will receive authority as kings along with the beast. They have one purpose and they will what? They will give their authority and power over to who? The beast who is, of course, the Antichrist. So again, the Bible says that in the last days, in the seven-year tribulation, the Antichrist kingdom is going to be split up. The whole planet is going to be split up into specifically 10 different regions ruled by 10 different kings. And rather than go through all that again, as we saw, if you were there, uh, we saw that that's exactly what's being done right now. Our planet right now is being split up into exactly 10 chunks, led by 10 rulers. We saw that, okay? Not five, not 122, not 19, exactly wonder of wonders, they're splitting the planet up into 10 chunks, okay? But again, it's not just governmental unions to govern the planet. These 10 chunks are economic unions to tie together the economies, all right? And then when they get tied together, governmentally and economically, what's the text say they're going to do? Now they're going to hand it all to the Antichrist, which gives him the ability to what? Control the whole planet. It's being done right now. Now, we saw that with the example, of course, with the European Union, right? What was going on with the European Union? What was the watershed event with that event? What was the big deal? You saw a group of countries come together to combine, listen, not just their governments into one. We saw them combine their economies into one and produced a new currency called the 
euro, okay? Then we saw Africa do the same thing with their union, one of the 10 chunks, the African Union, which is a region of countries, most of Africa there, that came together not just governmentally, but economically. And they're proposing a new currency called the Afro. I'm not making it up. We saw it before. It's funny as that is. Okay, some would say it's also Afrique uh, it, because of the Afro, and everybody laughs about that. But that's what they're doing, okay? Then we saw in great detail the North American Union between Canada, United States, and Mexico with the proposed uh, currency called the Amero. Then we saw even recently Russia. You think, well, Russia's never going to start combining with us. Yes, they are. They already did it with the Eurasian Economic Union. They have a new proposed currency called the Alton, okay? And we saw there's plans for a South American Union, Asian Union, Mediterranean Union, Central Asian Union, Pacific Union. It all adds up specifically to 10 exactly like the bible warned about 2000 years ago but again it's not just their governments it's about the economy they're combining their currencies now what's happened is it's created a currency war on the planet behind the scenes we're all worried about other things behind the scenes our planet is so much on the verge of war i don't think we're even prepared for it but one of the things that's causing this stir is who's going to be left on top with their currency as the main dog Okay, watch this. A currency world war is looming for the global economy. This is according to Russia having sent out the warning. The concerns were sparked by Japan's move to lower the yen in pursuit of better exports, causing fears of a massive chain reaction as other nations follow suit. The global economy is on the verge of a currency war. Let me paint a quick picture for you. Japan, where the newly elected prime minister is pushing for a more aggressive central bank policy, has been dropping the yen. It went down by 11% since December. Meanwhile, in the European Union, experts say Europe has fired the first shell. EU financial authorities warn the rising euro is threatening the economy. Now the United States have been printing bucks for the last five years to support the markets, but that also makes the dollar cheaper. Washington has been looking over the shoulder uh, at China, which holds the majority of U.S. foreign debt. And Beijing is also accused of holding back its currency. But the last time a major currency war happened was during the Great Depression era in the 1930s, which resulted in a slowdown of international trade and all was part of the lead up to World War II. Interesting. So it's almost like history is being repeated. What led up to World War II was once again, you had a global crisis going on with currency. Everybody's trying to vie for a position here, and I wonder what this one's going to lead to. Some would say this might very well be the impetus for World War III. Now, as we saw before, the, the occult, the occult actually want World War III because the occult believes that it's a great thing because out of the, their own words, out of the ashes of World War III, the Antichrist, who they think is a good guy, will arise and bring back the peace and economies on the planet after the ashes of World War III. So that's happening right now behind the scenes while we're concerned with other things. In fact, speaking of wars, many believe that this uh, battle right now, currently over the world's economies, as you saw there, is explaining other things that we're seeing in the news. How many of you guys have noticed uh, for quite a while now, all of a sudden, uh, the news will mention this, if you've seen it, here and there, but there's something mysterious going on. World bankers all over the world are dying mysteriously. Have you heard that? Some have. It's happening. And I'm talking the big banks too. All of a sudden, these guys are dying mysteriously all over the planet. Somebody's taking them out, a lot of people believe. Why? Well, are, are they resisting somebody's plans? Don't know, but that's mystery number one. But one thing we do know, the real reason, listen, the real reason why Gaddafi, the leader of Libya, was taken out recently, it had nothing to do with terrorism or safety. That's what we were told. But even the news is admitting the real reason why they took him out, because he was messing with the global system. 
the global economies. He was trying to get on top. Let's take a look at that. And our resolve is clear. The people of Libya must be protected. But some are convinced intervention in Libya is all about currency, specifically Gaddafi's plan to introduce the gold dinar, a single African currency made from gold, a true sharing of the wealth. It's one of these things that you have to plan almost in secret, because as soon as you say you're going to change over from the dollar to the something else, you're going to be targeted. In the months leading up to the military intervention, he called on African and Muslim nations to join together to create this new currency that would rival the dollar and euro. They would sell oil and other resources around the world only for gold dinars. If Gaddafi uh, had an intent to try to uh, reprice his oil or whatever else the, uh, the country was uh, selling in the global markets and accept something else as a currency or maybe launch a gold dinar currency, any move such as that would certainly not be welcomed by the power elite today who are responsible for controlling the world's central banks. So yes, that would certainly be something that would cause his immediate dismissal and the need for other reasons to, uh, to be brought forth for removing him from power. It's happened before. In 2000, Saddam Hussein announced Iraqi oil would be traded in euros, not dollars. Sanctions and an invasion followed. Interesting. Almost like we've been told a lie. Folks, even the news is now admitting it. Okay? And they're, they're, they're now admitting it sooner than they used to. Right? Remember how we used to, and we, we used to be told that uh, uh, we had no advance uh, notice of Pearl Harbor? How many times have you seen on the History Channel now, they admit it, that they knew it. But that event was allowed to trigger America to get into World War II. That's common knowledge. And folks, it's the same thing with this, but except they're not just waiting 40 years to spill the beans. Uh, it's only a few years, and they spill the beans if you know what to look for. In fact, speaking of being punished, right now, so is Russia with their economy, okay? We all know the, the oil prices have been plummeting, right, on a massive scale very quickly. Turn to somebody and say, Yahoo! Right? Now, we like that. We like that at the gas pump, okay? But uh, other countries whose economies are more dependent on higher oil prices, like Russia, like Iran and Venezuela, there's no Yahoo about it. It's killing their economies. And many believe it's being used as a tool to spank Russia for what? For doing what Libya did, what uh, Iraq did, and that's messing with the global economy, trying to mess with the plans. And believe it or not, our president even admitted it. This is a quote, a transcript from an interview. He said, if you recall, their economy, Russia, was already contracting even before oil collapsed. And part of our rationale in this process was that the only thing keeping that economy afloat was the price of oil. And if, in fact, we were steady in applying sanction pressure, we, uh, which we have been, that over time it would make the economy of Russia sufficiently vulnerable and that they'd have an enormous difficulty in management. In other words, we're going to take you down by specifically driving down the price of oil. So you think it's, well, it's because they care about us as the government. They, they got so tired of us having those high prices that they want us to get some relief, right? Yeah. No, it's being used as a tool to take down Russia. And you go, well, why? Why are we now messing with Russia? I mean, that's kind of a big dog. Why do you want to mess with Russia? Listen, quote, because Vladimir Putin is creating institutions that rival the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. 
And he's increasing membership in an integrated single market Eurasian economic union. And he's attacking the structural foundation upon which the global economy rests. So guess what? I don't care if you're from Libya. I don't care what country you're from. Iran, you name it. Even if you're Russia, you mess with our plans to create a global economy. You're going down. That's what's going on, folks, behind the scenes. Now, the hot button right now that we really need to be concerned about, Russia is something to be concerned about, and uh, what's happening there. Uh, but the big one is China. China is right now trying to uh, usurp some people's plans. China right now is trying to control the world uh, currency, and uh, I wonder what that's going to lead to. Let's take a look at what they're doing. Do you think uh, with China saying that it wants to make the yuan a global alternative to the dollar, is there any possibility of that happening at some point? Yes, I think it's perfectly reasonable to think that the Chinese want to see their currency to become the next uh, world currency. There is a plan. And of course, China at the moment is pr uh, purchasing more and more gold. This also plays into this. You know, we heard this. They recently purchased several tons of, hundreds of tons of gold through Hong Kong. So China is uh, taking a, a leap forward, actually, to control the world currency and to replace it with the yuan, yes. So you're trying to mess with it, just like Russia and Libya and Iraq, and I wonder what that's going to lead to. Something's coming, folks, okay? Oh, by the way, they're making good headway on their goal. If you paid attention to the uh, headlines recently, quote, the Chinese economy just overtook the United States economy to become the largest in the world. We have now become number two. Number two, quote, for the first time since Ulysses S. Grant was president, America is not the leading economic power on the planet. China is. Oh, have you also noticed another trend that's been going on for several years? China has been over here buying up real estate like you can't even believe. It, it's almost like somebody's planning on being here for a while. But you're messing with the plan, so what's the, uh, what's the problem? Well, you might get a spanking. And some believe that maybe, don't know, I'm not going to say thus saith the Lord, but maybe this is going to be the impetus for this war, uh, possibly from China. Revelation 9, uh, 9, verses 15 through 16, And the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and the day and the month and the year were released so that they would kill a third of mankind. One third of the planet is going to die in this battle. Listen to this. And the number of the armies of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. Now, as we saw before in this passage before, it just so happens, according to the U.S. military, and this is their number, not mine, talk about freaky, this was 2,000 years ago recorded for us, they said that right now China has the ability to raise an army of that exact number that's from the U.S. Army Strategic Center. They said 200 million. China has that capability. So, and then one-third's going to go in that battle, and is it going to be a currency battle? Is, don't know. But isn't it weird how it's all being interplayed? The machinery's in place, the treaties are tied in together, there's a, there's a battle going on, and, and it, obviously it's going to erupt into something because they can't disagree. Then all of a sudden, now the ashes of the whole thing, one guy rises up, takes control, and brings peace back to the planet. I wonder who that guy is. Uh, it's called the Antichrist. Now, he needs one more thing to fulfill that passage, and that brings us to the third proof that we're headed for a one-world economy is the currency. The currency is already in place uh, to fulfill uh, what he needs to control the planet, literally what people buy and sell. We not only have the machinery, we not only have these economic unions being put into place to hand over to the Antichrist, but it needs to also be some sort of universal global currency. 
okay? And wonder of wonders, with all the things going on with the economy, guess what the big movers and shakers around the planet are calling for right now? Hey, we not only need these uh, groups of unions to come together, we need to have a single unified global currency for the whole planet. Listen to this. The UN right now is calling for a global currency. The International Monetary Fund, shocker, is calling for a global currency. Leaders in England, Europe, United States, all over the world are calling for a global currency. In fact, so are the banks. Listen to this. The Institute of International Finance, a group that represents 420 of the largest banks and finances houses, are calling, once again, for a one world, right now, global currency. And then talk about Blunt, another outfit called the Single Global Currency Association, I wonder what they're about, said this. They are calling for the world to embrace, right now, a single global currency to be managed by a global central bank and a global monetary union. So you split it up into 10 chunks that can be managed, and then you say, well, you know what? Let's just combine the whole thing into one. What did Revelation 17 say? That's what's going to happen. 2,000 years ago. This is what they're calling for. Now listen to the rationale why we need to do this and why they think it's going to work. Well, they say if the European Monetary Union can successfully provide stable currencies to its countries, why not a global monetary union for all countries? And listen to what they said. And we shall achieve this goal through education and persuasion. Can I translate that for you? Revelation 13 says, by force, order, we're going to make you do it or you're not going to be able to buy and sell. Okay, don't believe me? Pay attention to what happened to Libya, Iraq, or Russia, and who knows what's coming soon with uh, China. Now, what's interesting, too, is you remember that Revelation 13 talks about a false prophet working in cohorts, going to dupe the whole planet, not just worshiping the Antichrist, but instilling this global economy with the mark and stuff like that? Well, of all people, who's also behind this push for a, a, a global currency uh, is the Vatican. Turn to somebody and say, shocker. Okay, <laughs> the Pope... The Pope is actually right now, Pope Francis is calling for a global tax, a global tax to be paid to the United Nations to, quote, redistribute wealth for the poor. Really? Well, I like what one guy said this. He says, if you really want to help the poor, uh, with all due respect, how about we start with melting your throne? You know, I mean, doesn't the Bible say something like go and sell everything you have? And I mean, how, much, how many people could you feed if you just melt just that thing down? Not to mention all the other things that you have and how many, whoa, but no, 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 no. You see, the rich always want to give somebody else's riches away. But you're even seeing a religious leader on the planet promoting this as well, as well as the Antichrist and things of that nature, okay? But it goes even deeper than that. You see, you not just need a global currency, which is what they're calling for right now. You need a global electronic currency, okay, uh, because you need to somehow market on people, right? On their right hand or on their forehead, right? And that's, I think, pretty obvious and contextually, because how many guys, the last time you went to Walmart, uh, you paid uh, by taping $5 on the back of your hand and had that, right? Or John, when he bought that uh, giant arc of chili at Home Depot, apparently, and built it over nine years. Uh, <laughs> that thing's huge. Wait till you see it. <laughs> Uh, that he did it because what he did is he, he, uh, he superglued a bunch of coins on top of his head. and that's no. So obviously when you're dealing with a mark for economic purposes on your body part, it's electronic. Can we agree on that? I think that's common sense, okay? Well, believe it or not, folks, there's not only a call for global currency, but we now have a new global electronic currency that can be turned into the mark. Anybody here Bitcoin? 
Let's take a look at what this thing can do. What is Bitcoin? Bitcoin is the first decentralized digital currency. Bitcoins are digital coins you can send through the internet. Compared to other alternatives, Bitcoins have a number of advantages. Bitcoins are transferred directly from person to person via the net, without going through a bank or clearinghouse. This means that the fees are much lower. You can use them in every country. Your account cannot be frozen, and there are no prerequisites or arbitrary limits. Several currency exchanges exist where you can buy and sell Bitcoins for dollars, euros, and more. Your Bitcoins are kept in your digital wallet on your computer or mobile device. Sending Bitcoins is as simple as sending an email. And you can purchase anything with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is changing finance the same way the web changed publishing. When everyone has access to a global market, great ideas flourish. Interesting. So you could use this electronic currency to buy and sell any country in the world and anything you want in the world. Okay. Now, I'm not saying this is the actual currency that will be turned into the mark of the beast. I'm not saying that, but what are you seeing the trend? There's now new, brand spanking new, never before invented currency that's electronic that you can make purchases around the world. But I will say this, what's interesting, he talks about it leads to new ideas, great ideas, right? Well, one of the great ideas that people have already figured out that they can do with this Bitcoin, this electronic global currency, is you know what you could do? You could also implant a microchip in your hand and sell with and buy with Bitcoin. And it's not just an idea. People are already doing it. This is wild. A Dutch man had two wireless computer chips implanted in his body. He did it so he could store digital money and use chips for other purposes like program an alarm clock. Martin Wismeyer is an entrepreneur, and the London Telegraph reports that says the experiment was a success. He says the chips can be used not only for digital currency, but as keys for your house or monitoring your health, even helping call a doctor if you have a heart attack. And he believes people who use the chips are helping to make them socially acceptable. Yeah, I mean, don't you guys want to be a part of the new revolution? Don't you want to be cool? Huh? Everybody loves tattoos and body implants nowadays. It's almost like that's a prep thing. I mean, you get one of these implants and you can turn on your lights, set your alarm clock, you know, because we all hate getting that callus on the finger. You could call a doctor. You, you, you could buy and sell if you just got this implant. Folks, what... What do we put it all together? For the first time in the history of mankind, we're seeing the machinery already in place, not being put in place, already in place for a global economy. We're seeing the unions, the tin horn kingdom coming together as we speak, not just government, but economically. We're even seeing the call right now from people all over the world, movers and shakers for a universal currency, and we're even seeing a brand new currency that's not only electronic, could go anywhere in the planet, but people are already, not just thinking about it, already implanted in their hand to make purchases. I'd say we're living in the last days. We don't know the exact day nor the hour. That's very clear. And you should never, ever be a date setter. But folks, how much more does God have to show us to let us know it's getting close? And that's why in closing, again, Jesus always says, Luke 21, 28, when these things begin to take place, what do you do? Stand up, lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. So that means Christians, it's getting close, okay? And so let's be responsible Christians and let other people know, hey, there's a way out of this mess. His name's Jesus Christ, amen? That's why we're still here, okay? Let's not get to heaven empty-handed. But if you're here today and you're not a Christian, what more proof does God got to give you? What's he got to do to wake you up? Why do you think you're here? I beg you, heed these signs, heed these warnings. This is coming. And when the anti- 
Christ takes control. If you don't do what he says, if you say no, you are going to be killed. This is a horrible time. You don't want to be here. The good news is you can take the way out now before it's too late through Jesus. Don't be left behind. Amen? Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven, and that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness or the wrong things that we have done have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin or unholiness uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy. We're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay, how many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay, well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief, okay? The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy, okay? And folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that and it's just as bad. He knows the mind. He knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God. And you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not 
inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn. We, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it. And a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a of death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. 
And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Doing business like a CEO while saving like a CFO. Staples has all the supplies you need to run your business like a boss at prices that'll make your bookkeeper smile. Now that is an achievement. Everything from markers and pens to 2019 desk calendars. And right now, a 12-pack of Sharpie markers and an 8-pack of Expo dry erase markers are only $4.99 each. At Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. Ends one nineteen nineteen in store only. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.